What's the worst part about breaking four tackles and running into the end zone for the game-winning touchdown? Not having your Wayfair still with you to protect your eyes from all the flashbulbs. Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keefe to the City Podcast. Here's Neil Keefe. All right, so the New York Giants season uh, didn't exactly go according to plan or uh, as according to plan as I hoped it would. And even though I kept the faith following the 0-2 start, they bounced back 3-2, and and I kept it until they were 3-5 and and then 3-6, and and that was pretty much the end of it after their loss to the Seahawks a few weeks ago. But on the other end of things is the New York Jets, whose season has been actually worse than the Giants, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, five combined wins here in New York for the two football teams, and for the Giants at least... Uh, the two Super Bowls since 2007 can hold me over for quite a while. If you consider a five-year grace period after each one and they won it in the third one, I'd probably got like eight to ten more years till I should really, really get angry about what the Giants are doing or what their performance has been. But when it comes to the Jets, it's been a lot longer than that. And here to join me again once this uh, during this football season is good friend Tim Duff, a lifetime, lifelong Jets fan and season ticket holder who um, has had his ups and downs this year, and he's here today. Tim, how's it going? Uh, you know, I've been better. I don't know what ups I've had this year. Well, but, I feel uh... like when I said ups, <laughs> when I said ups and downs, I meant like you started up. Because like, when the first time we talked before week one, you know, you sounded like a Seahawks fan. <laughs> well, you know, I go into every season optimistic. And, yeah, I really thought, you know, they were – you know, going to build off of last year. I, I, I thought, you know, would get better. I thought, you know, before the season started that they added some nice pieces and I was very, 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 very wrong. I know that. You but thought- yeah, we're at that 50 year grace period we've already passed. So you're complaining <laughs> about a five year. We're past the 50 year grace period from our last Super Bowl. But uh, anyway. <laughs> well, I know that like uh, you've obviously been in this situation before where the Jets are pretty much out of it before the you know the final game of the season or before the final month. This time it was well before that, and we, they had the gauntlet where you hoped they would you know sort of come out of it at three and four and still be alive in the hunt, and that didn't happen. And all along the the theme that we've talked about is the quarterback situation where you were all about Geno giving him a chance at the beginning of this year, and then when he faltered, you said to give Vic a chance. But then Vic wasn't the answer either, so now they sort of have two quarterbacks, and neither of them are the answer. And while this season's a wash, they certainly are going to need one for next year, and I can't imagine that you think that Geno Smith should be the starter for next year. Even I have enough sense to agree with you there. <laughs> he is not the answer. I mean, yeah. Uh, Nate, like, again, if he plays these next couple weeks and all of a sudden is uh, lighten it up and, you know, maybe you keep him around. Uh, but I, I don't see that happening. And I, I don't, I don't think there's any, any chance of him starting anywhere in the NFL again after the season's over. Well, we also mentioned, or at least I mentioned it earlier in the season about how the Jets had a chance for Johnny Manziel. Johnny football was sitting there and while he hasn't really gotten his chance yet with the Browns, except for a couple of drives at the end of that game the other day, how, 
you know, much more fun would it be knowing at least Johnny Manziel's waiting in the wings, or at least he could give you some hope or excitement that maybe that franchise quarterback that the Jets have really never had in what has been now forever, at least he could have been sitting there on the bench waiting to get the call, and instead they have to go to the drawing board, and what do they do? I mean, is there a guy out there from another team that you want to take a flyer on or, or waiver on, or you have to draft someone else? I, I mean, what is the, the solution here? Well, in a bigger picture sense, uh, this is one of the few times where I've really felt kind of at a loss as far as what what quick fixes we need or what direction the team should go. Other than that, I mean, they really do probably have to kind of blow everything up, and you know, we can talk a little bit more about that. But regarding the quarterback situation, I mean, the Johnny Manziel thing. You know, they were high on Geno. He ended well. Why spend that pick? on him. I mean, of course, Calvin Pryor hasn't really worked out yet, but I still think, you know, at that position, there's, you know, room for him to grow. I think Amaro, you know, he's turned out to be the best, you know, tight end in the draft, even though they haven't used him enough and there's no one who can actually get the ball in his hands. He has flash. And I think, you know, at least our second pick was a good pick. Of course, you know, they, I'm more mad they didn't draft a receiver one of the 20 receivers that are lighting it up in this rookie class at some point. I mean, you got, you know, these guys like Landry and Brian getting taken in the second and third rounds that are just, you know, devastating people for these other teams. That to me is more frustrating than not getting Johnny Menzel because, you know, let's face it, you know, he was a, he's as big, if not a bigger risk than Gina was. Uh, but going forward, what do you do? I guess you got to draft somebody. I don't love any of the quarterbacks in this uh, in this draft class. Uh, obviously, Winston has all the talent in the world, but you him plus New York Jets just has disaster written all over it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to get somebody. Vic got to be gone. You know, he doesn't want to be there. He, he, it's obvious he doesn't. Yeah, he did, has no bid to even be playing anymore. I think. Uh, I tell you who I would honestly love to see back in New York uh, would be good old Mark Sanchez. Uh, I know it's not going to happen. The Eagles would probably keep him. Uh, but, oh, God, that, you know, it hurts. That hurts a bit, seeing how well he's doing. I was always a Sanchez fan. I'm happy for him. But I just wish, you know, the Jets didn't you botch that situation as badly as they did because I think if they did a little bit more to help him, he could have had success here. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, it, it's ugly. Well, there's so many different ways we could go right here, but let's start with the Mark Sanchez thing because you were a huge Sanchez guy and a big Sanchez supporter. And is it really, you know, are we really seeing the Mark Sanchez? That, uh, that's Is that the real Mark Sanchez now with the Eagles who's having, you know, better success, um, at least, you know, throwing the ball downfield and such than he did with the Jets? But, it's also probably a product of playing under Chip Kelly, and when it comes to Rex Ryan, you know, he's never been a quarterback guy, he's always been defensive-minded, and the offense during his tenure hasn't exactly, you know, lit the world on fire, but when it comes to Sanchez, do you think you're seeing the guy that, you know, the untapped potential the Jets can never tap into, or is this just a product of playing in this, you know, up, up-tempo, quick-paced uh, offense under Chip Kelly? Well... <laughs> I mean, let's not forget, Sanchez definitely flashed and, you know, went to A. Grand, he was a game manager. Grand, he made a lot of mistakes, but went to two AFC championships and had some big come-from-behind wins. I mean, he had some great 
come from behind wins against the Patriots, against the Texans, and did some really, really, you know, impressive stuff when the game was on the line. He also blew a lot of games, but, you know, he was young. You know, we're living in a world where they're expecting rookie quarterbacks to be Andrew Luck right out of the gates when the guys that sit a little bit, like, you know, your Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, might do a little better if there's not as much pressure. And to me, I think this is more like the real Mark Sanchez because you say, oh, well, he's in Chip Kelly's system. I think it's more, well, you're in Rex Ryan's system and it's going to hinder you. And that's, you know, as much as I've been a Rex Ryan supporter, it's clear that he has no idea how to run an offense or, or, you know, he doesn't understand anything offensively. I mean, this game Monday night where, you know, they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, had one touchdown, their first touchdown in 10 quarters, and there were 10 men on the field for Miami when they scored it. So, you know, I still think for Mark to be in a Chip Kelly system, I mean, an up-tempo offense is, you know, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to run and the fact that he's doing it successfully and he's doing it better than Foles, who was a you know, he was a very hot, you know, he was playing great last year and the year before when he had time in there and Mark's in here doing better. So I mean there's gotta be some legitimacy to it. I mean, do I think Mark is all of a sudden, you know, one of the top quarterbacks? No, but uh, he's clearly a better option than Geno Smith or uh Michael Vick at this point. Well with Rex um, obviously this is the final month of him as the Jets head coach. I don't think there's any way, even if they were to win out, I can't imagine there's any you know circumstance now where he'll be back as the head coach next year. And, you know, that must be odd for him. I don't know, you know what he does knowing that he's no longer going to be the head coach of the Jets. Um, probably won't be a head coach, you know, next season. Maybe never again. You know, who knows what other teams are thinking. But um, I, I always wonder what, you know, coaches do who know that that's coming if they're just, like, hoarding all the Jets apparel and merchandise, you know, the free stuff they could get. <laughs> but when, when we look back on this era of Jets football where two times they were one, you know, win away, um, a couple plays away in those AFC Championship games from being in the Super Bowl, when you look back at Rex Ryan's time, the Rex Ryan era with the Jets, how will you remember it? Is it a positive light or a negative light? <sighs> you know, if it was before this year, I would have easily said a positive, even with those last two bad years. You know, I, I still think it's a po- I, I still think it's a positive. He was very fun to watch. He kept it interesting. You know, Jets fans have that chip on their shoulder and like to talk shit even when it's unwarranted. And Rex did, you know, fit right into that mindset. And, you know, I think he, he even though the Patriots have dominated him, I do think, you know, he did spark that uh, rivalry a bit. Two AFC championships when, you know, we've only had one other one in, in recent years. Uh, you know, yeah, it's all things that I, I look at. Um, but... Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I I still I still think it was you know you can't judge you can't blame the call especially because of his early success. I think Tenenbaum really screwed him. So you know again, I think the true deep rooted problem with the Jets remains to be with with upper management, with ownership, and, and with certain GM decisions that I think make the jobs harder for you know the, the quarterback and and the coach to do what they need to do. Uh, you know, obviously the cornerback situation, which, you know, I even defended 
clearly became a huge, huge issue. And uh, and last two drafts, other than Sheldon Richardson, have been you know kind of underwhelming. When you relied on it, and his whole thing is building through the draft. You haven't seen that kind of development that happened in Seattle when they took that similar approach. So you know, I, I still. I still look fondly on Rex, but yes, I'm ready to move on for sure. And with Rex, obviously, comes the idea of Idzik and uh, whether he should return or not. And I know that you probably can't help thinking about all that unspent money that went to the wayside this year that they could have used on uh, you know some players, any players that could have upgraded the team. And maybe it wouldn't have mattered if they only had Gino and Vic all along. Maybe this team was you know destined for uh, two to three to four to five win season anyway. But when Idzik, uh, when his job, you know, when this season's over and his job's on the line, does he get another chance to come back and right this ship? Or is, you know, have we seen or have the Jets seen, as Woody Johnson seen enough of what he's capable of doing as a GM? I'm a bit on the fence with this one. Uh, I'm probably leaning more towards letting him go. I don't think it's clear cut um, because, you know, you. It is tough to really rate a, a GM's performance in, in, you know, just two years, especially when it was the first year with his staff and still getting, you know, and he's a first-time GM. And I think there is certain leeway, you know, that you could give him. So depending on what happens with the coaching situation, I, I wouldn't kill the Jets for keeping him. Uh, but as far as the one thing I want more than anything – to kind of move on from this, and I think this would be a completely justified reason to get rid of Idzik, is get me Jim Harbaugh. If it can happen, make it happen. I think he's an unbelievable coach. Uh, obviously, the Jets are interested. I don't know what the likelihood. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rumors. I'm sure the Raiders are going to be more of a front runner than the Jets for him. But if there's any way to make that happen, if it needs, you have to fire everybody, give up your first-round pick, I say do it. The guy is that good of a coach. He's amazing with quarterbacks, which has been the biggest issue for the Jets. There's been no one offensive-minded since Kotite, which was the last disaster uh, season that they had. And, you know, in this league, he needs someone that that can, you know, develop a quarterback and run an offense. So, to me, if, if you fire Isaac and that'll help get you Jim Harbaugh, give him the keys to the city, I don't care. That's that I think is the best thing the Jets can do to help themselves. Because if you look back at what happened with Parcells after that one fifteen season, they gave away their first round draft pick. They gave away a second round, I think, next year, and third round somewhere in there. They gave away a lot of picks for Parcells. In two years, he took them to an AFC Championship, and from then they've at least you know had a lot of moments of success where they've gotten into the playoffs and, you know, they've built a team since that era up until this year, they haven't been a complete disaster, even though, yeah, the year before was bad and the year before wasn't great, but they were mediocre as opposed to a disaster, which they are again now. And I think you kind of have to go to that extreme where you can get, if you can get a proven top level coach, that's the best thing you can do when you have to rebuild as much as, as the Jets have to this off season. When you look back to, uh, 2008 and they got Brett Favre and that season was headed for good things at 8-3 before the uh, wheels fell out and they you know 
fell down and was a disaster to the end. And then um, he went to the Vikings and had some success there. But 2008 for the Jets was, was a pretty good year, even though the way it finished, it at least looked promising. And then Rex Ryan comes in the following year, and immediately in the AFC Championship game, uh, thanks to the Colts resting their players down the stretch and some you know crazy, uh, really just wild fortune for them to get in with all the tiebreakers and the, the scenarios. I remember those final two weeks that had sure. to happen for them to get in the playoffs. And then they get back there the next year, so they go from you know being eight and three team before a collapse to two AFC Championship games to now what they've become over the last few years, which really stems all the way back to that Giants game and the Victor Cruz touchdown that changed that game. And when you go back, you know, three four years ago with this Jets team when they were so close, you know, they're at the doorstep of getting to the Super Bowl, having a chance at success, to now where they are. Did you ever think, you know, five years ago you'd be back in the same spot that you spent a lot of time no before way. then? No way. I never thought we'd be back to this. I mean, I thought they were on the up and up. Uh, I, you know, I'm clearly a little delusional as a Jets <laughs> fan, but I, I never would have thought it would have been this bad. Uh, no, no. I never would have thought in all the time. That it, I thought, you know, I thought the Jets had gotten themselves to a place where they could at least always be competitive. Yeah, not getting the playoffs every year, but at least kind of always be in the mix. And, you know... I, yeah, would I, I? I thought there would be a Super Bowl at some point in Ryan's, you know, era, especially after the back-to-back AFC championships. I really did, and this is the complete opposite. But you know, this is this is the New York Jets. <laughs> well, when it comes to you and your family, I mean, it's a Jets-centric family, and especially your dad. What is someone you know in his in his state of mind going? Because I know you guys are, are you know, you go to the games together, you watch it. It's, Basically, like every Sunday is a Super Bowl for the Duff family. So if you're this down, what's your dad's state of mind? Uh, I think he's a little more numb to it than I am. Honestly, I mean, obviously, he, yeah, he's upset. There is, you know, he's got the season tickets. Uh, he's not happy, but I, I think he almost expects it, and he saw it coming before I did. You know, he, he's been he's been around since the Namath days. He's seen a lot more than I have, so. I think this has been more devastating to me than to my father, but at the same time, you know, we're very, very, very frustrated. And it's definitely, uh, you know, soured our enjoyment of football as a whole uh, at this point because, yeah, they're out so freaking early. Well, have you, I know back when, uh, the last time we talked, and you were saying how that was it, you were done going to the games this year. You haven't been back, have you? I have not been back to a game. You know, I've had a lot of other stuff going on, so I've been a bit busy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they were more competitive, I probably would have made more of an effort to go to some of the games. I, mean, I may still go to one because we're at the point where it's like you can't even give tickets away. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, you know, my dad or I doesn't want to go. Uh, but, uh, you know, I may go to another game just for the sake of it, but... Uh, it's it's unlikely. I still watch them all. I still torture myself and watch every minute of every game. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna go to any more this season. But hey, next season's a new season. I'll be just amped up and excited and say how we did all these great things in the off season to, uh, you know, get us back in the mix. Although, well, I'll probably be less optimistic regardless of what happens. Uh, but I, I just hope they can. I really just hope they can get a coach and at least go in the right direction with the QB situation. Because I do think 
there is some talent on the team. Uh, obviously, the, the defense minus the secondary, I think, has a lot of strengths. They don't develop enough turnovers, but, you know, they, they, they keep teams to low-scoring games, you know, and I, I think that you could be probably even coach the defense a little better to get uh, something a little more disruptive going with those players they have, especially at the line. And, you know, they have some really good running backs and young O-linemen. If they add a couple more pieces there, they get a quarterback. I think Amaro can be a great player. I actually do still believe Percy Harvin and Eric Decker and Curley could be a very good trio of receivers if they have some consistency and someone that can get them the ball. They haven't been great this year and maybe add another piece there. But there, there are players that if they're coached properly, I think can can you know can put you know can turn into a good football team. I think the craziest thing about the Jets is that, like you said, they ha- they do have good players, and, and it seems like they do have good young talent as well. And in this day and age, with the league and the way the rules have changed, and the way the game has been tailored to the passing game, and that you really just need a quarterback and you need cornerbacks, and those seem to be the most you know, two crucial positions on the entire field, and they have neither. And they have the money where they could have gotten the cornerback situation taken care of. Obviously, cornerback is trickier, and there's a lot of, you know, luck. And uh, it's almost like hitting the lottery to get a franchise guy that can stay around for a decade or so. But they're not – even though they have such a bad year, they do have – some pieces there where it could get turned around quickly if they were to solve those two things. Um, and like you mentioned, they do have Curly, they have Harvin, they signed Decker, and and having those guys is almost worthless. It's almost like having a furniture with, you know, having furniture pieces with no house to put it in. And yeah. I, it really comes down to the fact that the quarterback and people can blame, uh, you know, Rex or, or, the, or any, I guess it really comes down to Idzik because he's the one who decides on that, but... You could blame everything about the Jets, but until they have the quarterback situation taken care of, I mean, you're just not going to go anywhere. Yeah, of course. And they've never been able to get that taken care of for a longer period of time. But, yeah, I mean, it's the most important thing. They need to – I think – I mean, I still think coach first. You need a coach that can develop a quarterback because they're obviously going to have to develop a quarterback. So, to me, like I said, if you can get Harbaugh, get him, whatever it takes. Do that first. Give up that first round pick if you have to, to get him, you know, bite the bullet for a year with some, you know, either late draft, you know, mid pick quarterback mixed with a, you know, a, a Hoyer or a, you know, a Foles or whoever, you know, you know, B or C level quarterback could at least get you through that next season and then, you know, go all in for the following year for a quarterback, whatever that takes. But yeah, it, 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 I, I think it's coach first. And then quarterback second, and and both of those things are absolutely crucial. And they can't even worry about anything else until they get those things figured out. But the quarterback situation, I think, could be a little trickier uh, to to fix, you know, by next season, based on you know what the free agency and draft looks like. Well, when we uh, talked earlier in the season, you said that you hoped they would be there at the end, at least be in the hunt for the wild card spot, but thought they could make a run in the division. And I, I, I'm not a Jets guy. I don't care for the Jets, but if it meant knocking the Patriots off, I certainly would have been on board with that. And now the Patriots are, you know, basically uh, going to probably get that one seed, probably get the AFC Championship game at Gillette, probably win that. They're, they're going to basically be a win away from the Super Bowl if they could just lock this uh, number one seed up and. 
it's just it's it's hard to watch again and it's disgusting to watch and um it's just been going on for so long right now i mean do you just feel like it's groundhog day when it comes to the jets and the patriots every year of course i mean it's brutal and it's so much worse by adding in darrell revis to the mix especially with how hurt the jets have been a corner i mean you look at revis and Cromartie, who were dominant together at their best yes Cromartie looked like he slipped a lot but Look what he's doing in uh, Arizona. The guy makes a lot of plays, and and Revis has just been devastating for the Patriots. And the fact that they actually have a defense for once now, a lot of it because of Revis alone, and just having Gronk healthy, it's just yeah, it's it's brutal. You watch a game like the Jets against the Bills from last week, and then you watch the Patriots play the Packers. This Sunday, I mean, it's like going from a high school, it's like going from a peewee game to a college game as far as the difference <laughs> level between those two uh, groups of teams. It's just a complete, it's a different sport. Yeah, and I think, and yeah, it's brutal. I agree, and I I get that sense too watching the Giants because when you saw them when Cruz was down and um, they weren't they hadn't really been using Beckham yet, and when you see a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. come into a onto a team where you've got you know Ruben Randall and Preston Parker and Jarrell Jernigan, all these guys, it just you could just tell he looks like a different caliber of player, and that's something that the Giants have now been missing out on the last few years, and especially with letting yeah. Knicks go and Cruz being hurt. But you, you talked about Revis and him being on the Patriots and being now a big part of their defense and the, uh, the, the, you know, the reclamation project of the Patriots' defense. And he was pretty much the face of the Jets during his time here and probably the best player they've had since, uh, I don't even know, who, who, like, who was the best player on the Jets before the, the Revis era? Uh, I would say Curtis Martin, I think. You know, Curtis Martin and Thomas Jones. I think the Jets always had, you know, both those running backs are very strong. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's it. You know, you got to go way deeper. you got to go into, like, the 80s to find anyone else uh, that could even compare to Revis. Yeah, but. Um, so I can't, you know, I can't yeah. even imagine for you to see, you know, one of the greatest players of this, you know, last to decade or so, or like you said, maybe going back to the eighties, you know, one of the best jets in the last 20, 30 years. And now he's going to be maybe a catalyst on the Patriots getting back to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's, that's gotta be hard to, to fathom. Yeah, it's brutal. Now, you know, it, that's not a situation in my opinion, where I really feel like the Jets botched it because I, he was a huge pain in the ass. I mean, the guy, uh, you know, held out a training camp twice. He did it his rookie year. There was that whole other Band-Aid deal that he made with Tenenbaum. With Tenenbaum screwed that up by, you know, not locking him down long-term and, and doing kind of a short-term deal. And then he was going to, you know, it, it was it was always difficult, you know. And then, of course, it's easy to say, oh, he, you know, he says he wanted to go back and there's all this nonsense. I mean, that was a that was a relationship that he played a big part in scarring. So I have a little bit of a different attitude than I do maybe towards Sanchez in the sense where I feel like the Jets really botched it. But that being said, I mean, it makes me hate him even more that he's on the Patriots because of how much of a dick he was while he was on the Jets. Well, even though he was hands down the best player, I mean, I had his Jersey. Uh, I mean, I loved watching him play. 
And to have him on the Jets is, or on the Patriots, yeah, it's it's brutal. Like I can't even stand watching Patriots games anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. it was great that they lost to the Packers, but you know, I was going to say at like, least okay, you got a little uh, you got a little something when he gave up that that touchdown to Jordy Nelson before the half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did like seeing Brady, you know, swearing uh, at the end of that game. Uh, that gave me a little bit of joy, but that's one game that'll probably, you know, just be a preview of the Super Bowl, and then that won't even matter anymore long term. <laughs> you know, even when I try to talk shit to my Patriot fan friends after that loss, like, oh yeah, well, you know, I'll, we'll lose to the best team in football at Lambeau, and then probably see him again in the Super Bowl. I so, yeah, I can't even, I have no refute to that. Because, <laughs> I mean, the Jets can't even, you know, complete more than five passes. <laughs> Well, for me, every year the Giants aren't in the uh, playoffs. Or um, I do a, a Super Bowl dilemma thing where I sort of rank the teams in the playoffs in which I would want to see win the most and which the least. Obviously, the Patriots will be at the bottom of that list along with the Eagles, and if the Cowboys get there, they'll be on there too. So um, I'll have to see how, how things shake out here. Um, but right now, I mean, with the Jets gone, I'm guessing the Patriots are number one on your list. Who? What other bandwagon uh, might you jump on to ride it so that the Patriots don't win again? Uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, the Patriots are the team I, I hate more than anything. Uh, so clearly I don't want them to ever win. I have a hard time rooting for any AFC team at all. Uh, you know, I actually, I think I'm going to root for the Eagles because I'm what? a Mark Sanchez fan. I think that is going to be my team. I mean, it's pain. And this is the masochist that I am as a Jets fan. I'm going to root for the guy that we, you know, <laughs> kick to the curb to win a Super Bowl with another team. But, I mean, I you know, I kind of love Mark. So, I actually, I think I'm going to root for the Eagles. I got a lot of family in Philly, too. I feel so, like, yeah. uh, I know you do have the family there, but I feel like as someone who lives in New York, who is also a Yankees fan, so there's, like, the Yankee-Philly dynamic there, the New York-Philly dynamic, the, the Eagles have to be, like, right. They, I, to me, the Eagles... Like, I just don't want the Patriots well, to Well, you're win. biased because you're a giant fan. Yeah, but it's still the Eagles, Cowboys, the Patriots. They're all on, like, the same level. Yeah, I mean, I usually don't like the Eagles. But, I, I you know, and I, I like Chip Kelly. He's a good coach. It's You know, they're a fun team to watch. I like the Packers, too, especially, you know, with them beating the Patriots. I mean, I'll pretty much root for every, any NFC team over any AFC team. Uh, I, but again, to me, it's the Patriots and everybody else. So beyond the Patriots, there's no one I really hate that much that I can, you know, I don't want to see the, I don't want to see the Broncos win. You know, I'm not like, I'm sick of Peyton Manning, you know, so I guess he would be kind of high. That team would be high up there too. Uh, yeah, I guess those would be my top two that I don't want to see, uh, you know, I don't like anyone in the AFC North, actually, so they would be like, I don't, I, I'd hate to see the Ravens or the Steelers or even the Bengals, you know, take your pick. I mean, if if the Browns somehow got in, I, I'd like to see that. Although, you know, I'm pissed about that, too, because that's Petten, who's the old defensive coordinator, and he was, you know, really <laughs> obnoxious. So, yeah, them, too. I don't want them to win, either. I, I don't know. I just hate everyone. Really <laughs> well, you mentioned... Uh... Chip Kelly's a great coach, and you said earlier you want Jim Harbaugh, 
and maybe he'll take the Michigan job. Maybe he'll go to a team uh, that seems to be more, you know, on the doorstep of winning, and maybe the Jets aren't exactly there. And I feel like for him to go to the Jets, it'd almost be like when he took over the 49ers and had to get them to the point of where they are now. And I don't know what type of situation he's looking for. But if you can't get Harbaugh, who, who else would you look at? Are you the type of guy that wants a big-name coach to come in, or, or do you want the next big thing from college or a coordinator who's paid his dues? Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's a tough situation. And, and before the, like, meltdown of the last, whatever it is, couple weeks, I was still like, okay, you lose Rex, but then what do you get, you know? Because uh, I don't – there's no one that I'm super thrilled about that's even a possibility. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know what college coach I'd be really excited about at this point. Maybe that's a better – Route right now, I feel like the. I mean, if it's a defensive coordinator, I'll, I'll flip my shit. If they hire a defensive coordinator, it has to be an offensive coordinator. Uh, but like, you know, what are the hot name offensive coordinators that uh, could be potential? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm like so like hard out of me. While he's not that likely, at least the Jets have a little bit control because it would be through a trade, you know. So it, there's a little bit of an element of them not necessarily wooing Harbaugh and no team that's on the verge of winning is going to trade for him. Uh, and I think the Niners can get something from him, either from the Jets or Oakland. I- I'm most worried about competing against Oakland for Harbaugh because he wouldn't have to move and he can keep his family there. And there's a lot less pressure and he'd probably have a little bit more control, uh, even though they're a worse team. I-, I think he would relish in the fact of taking a-, a team that he has to kind of, Built from the ground up, like that's like again, like Parcells. That was his whole thing. He loved going to teams that had like a one-win season, and then you know, within two years, taking them to the to the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, so beyond that, I don't know. I mean, yeah, would I take a Gruden? I'd love a Gruden. Would I take a Cower? I'd love a Cower. But both of those guys are smarter than to go to New York and coach the Jets. When we started uh, doing these uh, podcasts a couple of years ago, I remember you made that bet. The ear piercing, tongue piercing, uh, you know, belly button piercing bet. And then this year you had the bet with the uh, with the, the Lambo game and you had to wear the Bart Starr jersey and such. And I just hope you've, you've stopped making bets these last few weeks. Uh, these last few weeks, yeah. I'm sure I'll start making bets again next season. Actually, okay, though, let's, let's rewind. Here's something I don't even know if you know this one. So... Uh, <laughs> There's a bet that's still in play, which is actually another reason for me to root for Mark Sanchez. When, I think it was after the second AFC championship, I made a bet with my friend Aaron, who's a diehard Giants fan, like yourself. Uh, Eli had already won one Super Bowl at this point, but I think was having a tough season. Uh, I'm just trying to remember exactly when we made this bet. But I made a bet that Mark Sanchez will win more Super Bowls than Eli Manning. So clearly, after the last couple of years, and the bet was a, a trip to Vegas because we figured this would be when they you can't you know declare it until one of them retires or they both retire. So you know we figured this would be something you know ten years down the road. Uh, but I need Mark to win you know two Super Bowls in order for me to get even. <laughs> So that is actually the biggest reason for me to root for Sanchez and the Eagles. Yeah, but when Nick Fol if if Nick Foles comes back, does he become the starter? And then if say the Eagles win and Nick Foles is the starter, does that count as a Super Bowl for Sanchez? 
I think that, well, I, I, you know, I think Sanchez would have to play in the game. You know, you'd have to be the, you know, the the quarterback to bring them there. I think, well, at least uh, the good thing for your, the good thing for your bet, at least, is one, if the, if Sanchez, you know, doesn't win it this year, if he doesn't lead the Eagles to it, which probably isn't going to happen anyway, at least he's put himself back on the map where he might be able to get a starting job somewhere else. Yeah, and I mean, he's been playing better than Fulda. I think they're going to try to keep him. I mean, I know he's a free agent, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly the hottest free agent quarterback going into next season. And That's there are scary. a lot of teams that need him. I hope he stays. You know, if he doesn't go to the Jets, I want him to stay with the Eagles because the Eagles will give him the best chance to, <laughs> you know, be able to lead a team to a Super Bowl. And, yeah, I thought that that was done as of, you know, last year. And now at least there's, a, you know, you're saying I'm saying there's a chance that uh, maybe <laughs> I can – you know, Eli, you know, hasn't, they've been having trouble, so I, I think there's a little bit of time to catch up right now, uh, you know, because I'm not sure when they're going to be back in, in there. But I'm down two, so I've still got a long way to go. <laughs> well, Tim, you know, it's been good talking this year, and we'll talk again. Um, there's only a couple weeks left in the season, obviously, as we, uh, you know, inch closer to the new year. and. The Jets will be coachless, and uh, I don't know for how long they'll be coachless, but we'll talk again um, as we see what happens with the uh, the coaching situation, the general manager situation there. And I'm, I'm sure, sure there will be a reason for you to call me when something <laughs> ridiculous happens. Well, I know, next, you know when I asked you, when so. I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast this week? You were like, oh, God. Like, you didn't sound – before <laughs> week one, you were like, yeah, let's do it, Jets football, <laughs> and now you're, like, hiding and, and you know, screening balls and stuff. <laughs> But, yeah. Mean, when yeah. does the optimism start again? Is it as soon as this season ends, or is it like July of the summer or something? Uh, it won't be till and this year. Uh, not till they're in training camp, and only <laughs> if I like the coach and the quarterback situation. Uh, and odds are, I won't like either of them, <laughs> or you know. Uh, so it may take another year for the optimism to really come back. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> There'll be a lot of exasperation, I think, in, in our next uh, year of uh, podcasts with this team, unfortunately. All right, Tim. Well, thanks again for coming on, and, uh, and hopefully, hopefully you get a strong finish to the season to give you something to look forward to, or at least they'll win just No, I want the it, opposite, well, and I've I never said this in my life. Give me that pick. Well, give I was going to they'll, they'll win just enough to screw up their, their spot in the draft. Yeah, exactly. They will. <laughs> They will. Now they'll win out, and then they'll end up, you know, yeah, drafting 15th like they did last year um, and put themselves out of the running for a trade for Harbaugh. That's what will happen, but we'll see. All right, Tim. Thanks again. All right. No problem, man. Talk to you soon.